if you could today stand if you're able in honor of God's word. I did not give Holly this because I'm calling an audible. I don't do it very often, so you can just hear the word of the Lord today if that's okay. When the, this is from Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to talk a little bit about this um, in the message today. So, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. And I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them from, up from the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way that the, the, the Egyptians are oppressing them. And this is the key right here. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord today. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Thank you. So now go. I am sending you. We'll talk about that in just a second. So this week, um, last few weeks, we've uh, been talking about a following season and what it looks like to... Uh, seek a relationship with Jesus and the steps that we take day by day, and we're in a following season no matter what. We're, we're trying to get from one step to the next and, and growing closer to, to God, and in, in, the ter- in turn, that means that we're following. And when we follow, we learn and we grow and we surrender. And last week, we uh, began to look at the life of Moses and his following season. And eventually we're going to get to the Israelites, right? Because um, that's kind of the, the point of this following season. They were professional followers. They did it their whole life, basically. Um, uh, but we, we're going to take a, one more week on Moses. It took a while to get to the Israelites, just like it did for Moses. So we're going to take an extra week and talk a little bit more about Moses, too. But Moses was born into this chaotic world. Okay, and God protects him. He was born in a time when the Pharaoh was, um, he had called to, to kill all the baby boys. Yeah, but God protects him. And where he grows up, um, his, his mom put him in the basket. If you remember as a little kid at VBS, maybe we heard this story when he floats down the river and Pharaoh's daughter picks him up out of the river. And, and, and Moses ends up, or if you saw the movie, I don't know, the, the Disney movie, I don't, either one, one of them is more accurate than the other. Um, it, but Moses grows up in Pharaoh's palace, right? And, and he has all of the privilege that, that ensues and all of the education that's surrounded in growing up in a king's palace, along with being an Israelite. He is a Hebrew by birth. And then 
So for, for, for his first 40 years, he lives this, I don't know, entitled life, this engaged, um, privileged life. And then he kills an Egyptian one day. And he doesn't think anybody saw him, but somebody saw him. And the next day, somebody calls him on it. And seemingly, his world falls apart. And Moses ends up running away. And he's a fugitive because Pharaoh finds out. And he feels like, well, his true colors are finally sinking through. He's a Hebrew by birth. He's going to be more Hebrew than he is Egyptian, even though we've done so much for him. So we're just going to get rid of him. And so Moses runs away. And um, rightfully so. No, he's guilty. He did it. He knows he did it. And so and then we briefly, uh, so for another 40 years, Moses just hangs out. He gets all the way to Midian, 500 miles away. And he starts a family, and he goes to work for Jethro. Um, and he's working as a, a, a tending sheep. And, and God gets his, his attention. And, and briefly last week, we looked at this conversation that God has with Moses through a burning bush. And God shows Moses, and he shows us, um, that he sees Moses' value and his purpose and his, in, in the plan that he has to lead the, the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and Moses' role in that. And Moses has no clue. He doesn't think that he has any value whatsoever in, that, in this world. But God sees his value. And then in the conversation also reveals that God sees that Moses has more to offer to, to, to God's plan than just herding sheep through the wilderness. That he's being called to more. And he's doing the same thing for us today. That we are called to more. So today we're going to go back and we're going to unpack that conversation just a little bit more. Uh, because I think that if you're anything like me, um, you have the same type of conversations with God sometimes, don't you? Uh, that, that we're... we're um, a couple weeks into talking about this following season, sometimes we have questions, just like Moses had questions. And, and we talk to God in the same way, and we have these conversations. In this time when, um, that we're between, in this following season, uh, that, that we're taking the next step, we're looking towards the next step of, of what God is calling us to. And during that time, we just need to continue to seek and to follow. And when we do that, as we do that, we're, we're learning more about him. And we do that by studying his scripture and in and, and, and our prayer life and, and finding ways to um, engage and disciple other people. And, and, and we grow. We grow in our following season and we find ways to stretch our faith. And then lastly, we surrender. We let go of the things that we're holding on to really tight. The things that we feel like we have to have. And that's coming up in a week or so uh, down the road where the Israelites, they felt like they had to hold on to so much. Even though they were oppressed and slaves in Egypt, they could not let go of their past. And so um, we have to surrender in our following season too. And all those things in our lives are necessary to faithfully seek God at, our, at its fullest. And so to learn and to grow and to surrender, it requires us to do some things maybe that Moses did in his conversation with the burning bush, right? That when he's speaking to God through the burning bush. And what did he do? He asked questions. And first things first, before we get to the question part, um, 
a little bit of following 101, okay? Um, following 101. Well, if you, uh, th- these are kind of things that are important or slash necessary to be a follower, to, to be engaged in following actively, if that, if that makes sense. So in order to follow, we have to be available, right? Plain and simple. Uh, uh, a few months back, we talked about um, head coach Marty Schadenheimer. He was the Chiefs head coach at, at one point. And he talked about your best ability is your availability. And, and that's what Moses is. He, he's available, Right, And in order to be a follower, you have to be available. And in Exodus chapter 3, as we read it already, when the Lord saw that he had gone, uh, when, he, when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, he called to him and he said, Moses, Moses. And what did Moses say? Here I am. Here I am. I'm available. Here I am. He had no clue. <laughs> he had no clue what was going on at that point. He figured it out pretty quick. But at that point, he's like, here I am. Somebody's talking to me. Whoever's talking to me knows my name. So I better go check out what's going on. Better sit up and pay attention. But most importantly, he's available. Now, you and I would be available if something weird like that happened. We were out in the wilderness in the dark and tending our sheep. And boom, there's a bush on fire. And it starts talking and calling your name. Okay, so that, that's a little off. But he's available, right? He's, he's ready because he's been spending the last 40 years trying to figure out why in the world he's there in the first place. So to be a follower, you have to be available. And to be a follower, it begins with information. To be a follower, it begins with information. God, through the burning bush, basically just unfolds the plan to Moses. He, he lays out the game plan for Exodus. The whole book. He outlines the book of Exodus for Moses. And in, uh, in, in verse 7 and 8, he says, listen, I've, I've heard the cries of my people. They're oppressed. They're slaves. They have been for 400 years now. And it's time for them to go. It's time for them to get out and, and serve the purpose of what I've called them to. So God recognized the hurt that, that uh, his chosen people were experiencing. And he gives Moses all this information. Why? Because Moses has been gone for 40 years. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on back in Egypt and probably doesn't want to know. So he needs this update, basically, because Twitter didn't, and Facebook didn't exist back then. So there was no way to get all your good information, Okay. So the same, the same people that Moses was a part of, even though he's 500 miles away, were going through all the turmoil that slavery involves, right? And God fills Moses in on what's going on. Uh, and he shares with the plan, shares with Moses, here's my plan. It's time for them to get out of Egypt. So following begins with being available. And following begins with information. We just have to know, okay, all right, I, I get the, I, I hear it, and then I'm going to go and do it. And so also, following begins by identifying a leader, all right? And in this case, God identifies the leader for us, doesn't he? And in, uh, in, in verse 10, he says, so now go, he tells Moses. So now he tells him the whole plan, 
And he says, we're going we're gonna to give them to the land that flows with milk and honey. It's a good and spacious land. I've heard them. That it's time for them to leave. And he just says, he goes right into it. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. And you're going to lead them out. And God says, okay, Moses, you're the man. You're the one. You're the leader. Okay? I am choosing you to be the one. That leads my people out of Egypt. And uh, he says, so, now go. And it was not a question mark after that, right? At any point in, uh, in Exodus chapter 3, 7, 8, 9, 10, when God's giving Moses this plan, there is no questions in there. There is no hint of, of uh, option, okay, if maybe if you do this, then we'll do this, and maybe if if the Israelites agree to this, then we'll let them go over here. No, he says they're leaving, and Moses, you're taking them. So now go. And and uh, God wasn't messing around, and he doesn't say so now go in a week, so now go in a month, not after dinner, not when you think you're ready, not when you feel like it. He says now. I am sending you. I'm sending you now. And God identifies Moses as the leader. So following begins with being available. Moses was. Here I am. And by saying those three words, he had no clue that he, what he was signing up for. None whatsoever. And then following begins with information. God gives him the plan. Following begins by identifying the leader, and God identified him, and he said, I'm sending you. And then following begins with surrender, and that's where we're going to kind of hang out for the rest of the day, because Moses really struggled with the assignment that God gave him. And uh, for the next chapter and a half of Exodus, the rest of chapter 3 and a lot of chapter 4, um, Moses struggles with the assignment that God gives him. Have you ever struggled with the assignment that God gave you? Because of that internal struggle, Moses, he has some questions. I think we'd probably have some questions too. Some might say that he que- he's questioning God. But there's a difference between asking questions and questioning Okay, and usually um, if you're questioning somebody, there's uh, a little bit of a, a defiant type of attitude. There's, some, there's a, uh, uh, an attitude behind it. But if you're just asking questions, most of the time it's just a method of gaining information because you don't know, right? If you're not in the know, you've got to ask questions. I, I coach a little bit of middle school football. And I always tell them, you have to ask questions. Because you just if you don't know, you have to ask. Don't, don't go up to the line without knowing what you're supposed to do. Ask a question. Because it's going to be important. Now, they go to the nth degree with their questions. And most of them don't have anything to do with football, let's be honest. Um, and so there's, there's just a lot of questions. And Moses has a lot, too. In this situation, in this situation, Moses he just needs information. He needs more, and uh, without without asking why, why me, God, he's asking why me, 
And I think we are, uh, as we already talked about, you know, information just helps lead to following. And, and, and so at this point in life, Moses has come to a point of decision. Okay, this is his fork in the road. This is his burning bush situation. Well, it is his burning bush, right? So he has, he's come to this point where he, it's time to make a call. I'm going to follow God or I'm not. And um, he, he, in order for him to do what God's calling him to do, he has to come to a point of surrender and let go of a lot of Moses stuff, that stuff that Moses has held on to for his entire life. So God is, as, as God's sharing with Moses and, sending, and he's sending Moses, I'm sending you, Moses, it's time to go now. Moses, he comes back with five different questions, um, five questions that show, uh, that show the incredible patience of God the Father. Let's just be honest. It shows how patient God is with us. Uh, five questions that show how insecure and beaten down Moses had become over the past 40 years, probably really the last 80 years of his life. And the five questions that reveal how much of those same issues that you and I deal with when it comes to saying yes to following God and taking the next step of faith in our lives. So here they are. Five questions. The first question is this. Who am I? Who am I? Have you ever asked that one? Because Moses' self-esteem right now is in the gutter. It's, it's non-existent, really. And he's like, God, who am I to be doing this, right? And uh, just those three words, God, Moses is saying to God, do you know what I did 40 years ago? Do you know what I am in the wilderness, and, and why I'm in this wilderness and not back in Egypt in the palace right now? You know why I'm here? You know, I'm not worth you torching this bush. So what in the world is, is going on? God, I, you got the wrong guy. Okay? Who am I that I should go? That's what he asked God. And how does God respond? Well, God responds, and, and you can find this as you go down through um, Exodus chapter 3. But he, he responds in, um, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, with, with a simple five words. I will be with you. And that's all it should take. I will be with you. And you know what? That's enough, right? When God is with us, that's enough. Basically, God acknowledges all of Moses' flaws right there. He's like, yep, he did all that stuff. I agree. You nailed it. You know who you are, Moses. You know exactly who you are. But regardless, I'm sending you, and I will be with you to fill in the gaps, to fill in the cracks where you aren't quite enough, where you don't meet the standard. I will be with you. And of course, God knows Moses' past, right? He was there. Of course, God knows how Moses feels about himself. And and let's be honest, um, you know, and, and, and the assurance of God saying, I will be with you, should have been more than sufficient for Moses to say, 
oh, that's right, you will be with me, let's go, let's go to it, right? But it wasn't, okay, it wasn't, and so there was four more questions after this. But Moses, he asked another question, almost like he didn't get the answer that, that he wanted God to give him, so he moves on a little bit. But Moses was not to the point of surrender yet, after the who am I question. He's not, he's not there and I will be with you was not quite enough for him at that point. And, and, uh, and he just, he's not able to, he's still just stuck on the, the Moses part. It has nothing to do with God. He knows that God is able. But he's more stuck on what the Moses, the Moses part. And, and not focusing on what God can do through him at this point. So, that's the first question. Who am I? Second question is this. What is his name? What is his name? Moses is seeking some clarification um, on God's identity right here. He, he mean, he, I mean, listen, uh, how can he be expected to lead God's people if he doesn't know God's name, right? That's a decent question, all right? I assume Moses knew it was God Almighty he was talking to, or because after he says, I am God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which was a common uh, introduction to who God was in Scripture leading up to this point and afterwards. Um, and Moses hid his face because he knew who he was talking to. He knew in his heart, I'm talking to God. He already had already taken his sandals off because he's on holy ground. So he knows that, um, that he was talking to God. Because the, bur- the bush was not only on fire and not burning up, but it also knew his name. Okay? And it called to him, like, hey, come over here, Moses, you know. And God personally, but, but God takes the time to personally introduce himself to Moses. When Moses asks him, what, what is his name? By, who should I tell them? And he tells them, I am who I am. And at that point, Moses' spine just shook. The whole Mufasa thing, right? He just would have shaken. I'm Yahweh. I am who I am. The one who spoke and the world happened. It's a powerful moment for Moses to come to grips with who he actually is talking to. And he knew that if he spoke that name to the Israelites, that they would respond because they knew the power of that name, Yahweh. Because there's power in the name of God. And so, what is his name? I am. I am has sent me. And that would have carried the weight with the leaders of Israel. Moses goes back and he says, listen, I'm here to help deliver you. And they're like, Moses, really? Well, listen, I am has sent me. So that's whose authority I'm here under. Remember, following begins with identifying a leader. And the Israelites are going to have to identify who they were going to follow too. And uh, we'll talk more about that in a week or so. So that's the second question. The third question is this. What if they don't listen to me? That's probably another pretty valid question. What if they don't listen to me? I mean, first of all, at this point, after the I am Yahweh, I am who I am, which would have probably brought him to the ground at that point in reverence, Moses is starting to get it. 
yeah, I'm going back to Egypt um, at this point. I can't talk God out of this. Cause, uh, so he starts to think and starts to backpedal. Well, what if they don't listen to me? I'll go back, but what if they don't listen to me? I mean, I, it's been a long time. It's been a hot minute since I've been in Egypt, and it's actually a decent question. So think about it. I'm out here in the wilderness, just told, uh, it's just Moses and God talking through a bush, and the story is a bit of a stretch, because I'm pretty sure that none of the Israelites have ever had the same experience. Just like I'm pretty sure that none of us have ever had that same experience. How many of you ever um, seen a bush on fire? Have you ever seen a bush on fire, lit a tree on fire? Come on, you guys are pyros. Yeah, Gord, I see a hand. That's fun. It's fun to burn trees and stuff, right? But has God ever spoke to you out of that fire? No. Okay, so it's a little bit of a stretch of a story. And he goes back to the Israelites. So Moses, tell us again how this went. Um, you've been gone for 40 years. You, you've been herding sheep out in the wilderness for a Midian guy named Jethro. Okay, uh, um, and so... I see, you see a bush is on fire, not burning up, which is, that's a little weird. And then the bush talks to you, because you went over there and checked it out. The bush talks to you, and then it sends you back to Egypt? Yeah, I don't know if I can listen. I think you might be a little nuts, Moses. Um, because all I remember is you being the Egyptian-killing absentee Hebrew that is going to it's coming back to tell us that you're going to lead God's people out of Egypt for the first time in 400 years? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. And so he says, what if they don't listen to me? And that's true. We face the same thing when we're seeking God and we're trying to share our faith. And we say to God, well, what if they don't listen to us? Well, God gives Moses an object lesson. With a question of his own. Uh, he says, you know, what if they don't listen to me? And Moses says, hey, what's in your hand? He, God asks him this question. What's in your hand, Moses? And he has a stick. He has this stick. And God uses that stick. God uses that stick for the next 40 years in Moses' hand to show the people of Israel that God is with Moses. And subsequently with them. Because that stick holds out over the Red Sea and it parts and it strikes a rock and water comes out. And Moses throws it on the ground. He says, God tells him, throw it on the ground and it becomes a stink. And he says, pick it up. And Moses says, yeah, right. No, he didn't. He picked it up and it turned back into a stick. A stick. It would have stayed a snake if it was me. I'm just saying. Um, because I don't do snakes. But... Um, and, and God uses what's in Moses' hand, what is available to him. And he also gives Moses a couple other options, signs of how God is with him to show the Israelite nation, to show the Egyptians that God is behind Moses and to help them to understand that uh, you better listen to me. And we all, we know because we have the end of the book to, to read about the ten plagues that happened that eventually will help them to listen to, to Moses, to let, his, to let God's people go. 
And God shows Moses through these signs the things that are available to him, just practical things like a stick, the things that we possess, that God can use those in a great way. So what if they don't listen to me? And God had an answer for him. So question four is this. And at this point, Moses is, is stretching. He says, pardon your servant. I've never been eloquent. I've never been eloquent. This is in, in chapter four, verse 10. Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So a couple things. First of all, pardon your servant. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past. I've never been really good at speaking in the past and since you've spoken to your servant. So God, in the last 15 minutes since we've been having this conversation, I don't speak so well either. I still don't. Okay, You haven't fixed that part of me. Okay, And yes, this is not really a question for God. He doesn't say uh, anything. There's no question mark. Pardon your servant. I've never been eloquent. He's just pointing out something to God. But Moses is questioning himself. And through this whole ordeal, Moses never questions God. He questions himself and his own abilities. And he does not see God's faithfulness to work through Moses. So the question here, it kind of implies, what if my gifts are not sufficient? What if I, what if me, Moses, what if Paul, me, what if I'm not good enough to serve you, God? At this point, Moses has got to be pretty sick to his stomach, right? He, he's reaching for every possible thing he can find to, to keep from going because he just has no ability um, to see how God can use him. And he's reaching, uh, and, and there's a term for this that, again, as a middle school football coach, um, as a father, uh, as a parent, you should know. They're called, they're, uh, I'll give you a hint, they're all like armpits. They all stink. They're called excuses. Moses is offering God just a whole wheelbarrow full of excuses now. God, I don't talk so good. Well, no, you don't. You don't talk well, sir. You don't speak so well. Okay, there, there's, there's the beginning. Moses begins to ride this excuse train. And with God, God, I cannot do this because I don't speak well. God, I can't speak well in front of people. I, I, what if I say something stupid? What if I say something wrong? What, what, if, I, uh, what if they don't understand what I'm trying to, to tell them, right? Well, what Moses doesn't understand is by God using him to be the leader, by God telling it's, it's using Moses, the guy who, with all of his past failure, with all of his lack of talent, with all of his deficiencies, with all of his insecurity, right? It only shows just how powerful and loving and patient and full of grace God truly is. Because there's, there's this thing, because here's the thing, God... God's, uh, Moses' gifts on his own, they're not enough, are they? Whether he speaks well or not, whether he has all the resources or not, they're not good enough. Just like 
my, my gifts and abilities on my own, they're not good enough. But we go back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. What does God say? I will be with you. And that is enough. He told him in the beginning, I'll be with you. And through the whole thing, Moses has already forgotten that. That I will be with you. So the excuses don't, don't matter. You are sufficient enough when God is with you. So the fifth question is this. Again, um, well, pardon your servant. Please send someone else. Moses just cuts to the chase. He's running out of excuses. He said, he just flat out, God, will you please send someone else? I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it, right? Notice here, though, notice throughout this whole conversation, Moses recognizes, first and foremost, the task that God is, is uh, asking to be accomplished. It needs to be accomplished. He agrees, yes, the Israelites need to get out of Egypt. They're in a bad way. It's terrible that they're oppressed. It's terrible that they're slaves. They need to leave. I have heard the stories. I've grown up hearing all of the, all of the things that you promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And why we're here because of Joseph. I know the stories. They need to leave. But God's people, and so God's people need to be delivered. He just doesn't think that he's the person for the job. That's all. And this is me reading between the lines a little bit, but I think Moses doesn't want to go back to Egypt, period. I think that if God would have sent him to Jerusalem, Moses would have probably said, oh, well, I can do that. But there's a past back there in Egypt, isn't there? And I don't think that he, that, that, uh, that's probably, probably why God sent him to be the leader in, in the first place, back to Egypt, so he could face that with God being with him. And after his fifth question, what does the scripture say? The Lord's anger burned against Moses. Never a good thing when the Lord's anger burns against you, is it? So God, he asked God, um, please send somebody else, and, and God his anger burned against Moses, and God's frustrated. And he finally said, and parents, you know how this feeling is, right? Okay, after, after the 5th, 6th, 7th, 12th, 15th, 34th question or excuse that your kids have given you about why I can't or this and that, and I haven't done this yet, or why is the trash still? In the, you get it. Your head just getting ready to go, right? And so your anger burns against your children. It happens. And it's the same kind of thing. God just like, listen, remember Moses when I introduced the information about the, the Israelites need to leave Egypt. I am sending you. There was no question mark. There was no, hey, Moses, if you feel like it, do you think that you could probably do this? Check yes or no. No, it was Moses. I'm sending you. So now go. Get on the road. Let's get it done. And after hearing all the excuses, God comes up with a plan. And, and listen, um, after hearing all the reasons not to do it, Moses says, just finally, please just send somebody else, God. And Moses says, okay, listen, Aaron's on his way to you. What if he goes with you? He's a better speaker than you. And, well, it'll all work out. 
but I am sending you. I already said it. I am sending you. And Moses, as we know how the story unfolds, eventually surrenders. And he takes the next step of faith. And we see that in Exodus 4, uh, verse 18. When Moses went back, uh, then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. And Jethro said, Go, I wish you well. Bye. Get out of here, man. Go. God already set that up too. All right? Go on. You are called to something more, and God's already told me. It's time for Moses to get out too. Who knows? Maybe Jethro had a burning bush too. You never know. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt. And this is how God works without us knowing it. Because he has this whole conversation and he could have let off with this little tidbit. But he didn't do it. Because it needed to be Moses' choice. But he could have let off with. But he doesn't. He says, so Moses, uh, he says, go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. Well, if you would have said that, God, it would have been a way easier decision. I'm just saying, I would have had maybe just three questions instead of five. But God needed Moses to surrender all of himself before he made the step to lead the nation of Israel, which is a pretty big assignment, out of the nation of, out of Egypt and the responsibility that would ensue, Right? And so he, took, so he took his wife and his sons and put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. He said, don't forget the stick, right, that turns into a snake. You never know. And don't drop that thing, right? Don't ever drop it. Don't drop your stick. So we all have questions for God. And that's okay. Because God can handle our questions. And he is more patient, more patient with us than we can ever imagine. In our lives, uh, in our lives, he will call us to do things that we don't feel like we're capable of doing. Right? You're looking at one of them right now. <laughs> right? When, I, when we ask him, who am I? Who am I to do that, God? I can't do that. But when we, when, but he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, didn't he? To help guide us and protect us and shape our lives in order to prepare us to do what he's asked us to do. Because on our own, we are correct. We don't have enough. We are not able to handle this life on our own. And if we could, faith wouldn't be a thing. If we could do it all on ourselves then we could work our way into heaven. But we can't. So, when, when it's out of our hands, we have to surrender to him. And that's the idea. We will find excuses, won't we? Yeah, God, do you know what I've done? You know what my life looks like back then? You know what I said to, to them? You, you know, I, I can't do that. I just can't do it. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't, I'm too old. I'm not old, young enough to do that. I'm probably too young, I think. I don't, 
I don't like working with kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see myself leading a group at any time. That, that's too much responsibility. What if I say the wrong thing? You know, uh, I've, I've never really been involved in, in anything like that, so I'm not going to do something new. Mm-mm. All those situations, though, it involves one word, that one letter word that consumes us a lot, the word I, you know. But God can do all of those things through you. And this is not a recruiting time, but God can do those things through you. And no matter what he's calling you to do, he can make time in your life if he's calling you to do it. He can give you the skills necessary to do them if it's what he's calling you to do. He can give you the knowledge and the wisdom that it takes if that's what he's calling you to do. And he'll give you the leadership ability to accomplish it if that's what he's calling you to do. So now that you're in your following season and you're taking, you're seeking towards what the next step of faith is in your life, as you're learning, as you're growing, and as you're surrendering, just know that God is with you. And he's answering your questions. And he's able to take your questions. He's able to to do the greatest things through you. Because he did take a guy like Moses who was not much, and do great, great things through him. Even if it seems undoable, right? Oh, there's no chance that we can... Well, God is really good at the undoable. Even if it's a challenge. I think God embraces a challenge, don't you? Doesn't mean it'll be easy, right? And, and Jesus pretty much promises that's going to happen. This life's going to be hard. And, and I mean, look, look at the 40-year excursion that Moses was getting ready to embark on. He had no clue what was ahead of him. In dealing with all the griping that, uh, and the stuff that the Israelites were getting ready to, to, to unleash on him. And the responsibility that was on his life because of what God called him to do. I've... At, at some point, I'm pretty sure he would have said, God, where are those sheep at? Well, I want to go back to the sheep, right? But through it all, God was faithful because Moses chose to surrender to him. And he's asking us to surrender to him as well. And there's always things in our lives that, that grip us, isn't there? And it's different for all of us. Sometimes it's things Sometimes it's something that we watch. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's uh, family or relationships or whatever the case is. There's things that grip us. And most importantly, there's things that we grip onto that we just need to open our hands and surrender. And that's what God's calling us to do. Because until we do surrender, until, until we let go of those things, we are not able to do all of what God is calling us to do. And he's calling us to more. I believe that in all my heart. Let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. 
in, in the path that you show us as we seek you out. And as we follow you, God, we just ask that uh, you will teach us to be bold in our faith, to walk through the doors that you open for us, and to be, um, to be faithful to you, knowing that you are with us. That when we feel like we're not enough, when we feel like our talents and our gifts are not where they need to be, to understand and give those to you and allow you to work through us, to use the gifts and talents that you've given us for your kingdom and that you are enough, that you are sufficient for us, that your grace is sufficient in our lives for all that we need. And because of that, you will do great, great things through our lives, in our lives, just like you did for Moses. When we choose to let go of the stuff that we hold on to, that we feel like we're not good enough, when we don't feel like we can do things that you're calling us to do, and all you're asking us to do is just open our hands and allow you to work through our lives. Father, we love you. We know, we're so thankful that you're, you're patient with us and that when we ask these questions of you, that you just answer and that you tell us what we need to hear and you tell us what we need to do and that you, that you are faithful to see us through. And uh, Lord, we're excited to see what you'll do in our lives when we surrender to you and we take that next step of faith and what that looks like in our lives. We know that that will change our families. It will change our, our own lives, our personal lives. It will change our families. It will change our neighborhoods. It will change our church. It will change our community for the better because we're all seeking and following the kingdom of God first. And that's what you've called us to do. Lord, help us to have a great week this week. Lord, as we look out over um, the days to come, we just pray that you will protect us. Give us peace in, in our conversations, in um, the things we have going on at work, that you'll protect us from evil, that you will um, not allow the enemy to have a seat at our table because you are protecting us from temptation. And Father, we just uh, give our lives to you today as we go out and serve you this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen? Have a great week. We're glad you're here today. Have a wonderful afternoon, and we will see you next time. God bless.